Good morning, 102.6, The Situation. My name is Norman Gladden, and I'm sitting in for Dr. Earl Bowen uh, for his Mental Health Monday segment. I have the distinct honor of knowing Dr. Earl Bowen very well. I also serve as an elder at Congregation Temple Bethel in Philadelphia, where Dr. Earl Bowen is one of our associate rabbis. Mental Health Monday. Mental health is very, very important to me also. I've spent over 20 years in the mental health field, serving in several different um, areas. I served as a mental health tech for about 10 years at various hospitals. I also served as a mental health specialist and several other hospitals. So I have spent maybe about 20 years in this mental health field and still in mental health in 2022, we're still having this conversation of mental health. And we also ask what is mental health and mental health, the subject is still a little taboo. Because as soon as you talk to someone about mental health, they start getting a little queasy. I remember my first um, introduction to mental health in a hospital setting. I went initially just to get a job. I had been laid off several times from my previous uh, occupation. And one of my friends was working in a mental health hospital, and he said, look, why don't you come? Um, it's really decent money and, you know, you don't have to do much to, you know, just come in and you'll, you'll always work because the hospital is going to stay open and this service is going to be needed because we always are going to have mental health. Period. So I took him up on his offer. Uh, I filled out the application. And lo and behold, I got the position and I didn't know what to expect from mental health. I didn't know what I was walking into. All I had seen is movies. And when you see movies, you see these padded white rooms and the patient is on the inside and the staff people on the outside. So it was going to be an interesting um, experience for me because I didn't know what to expect. And also telling people that I was getting ready to work at a mental health institution. Uh, everyone had an opinion. Everyone told me what to expect. And of course, that information came from people who had no idea of what mental health was going to be about. They had never worked in mental health. They had never serviced anyone in mental health. And I took all of those unwarranted ideals and unwanted ideas and the ideas that I had um, from watching a lot of TV into the hospital on the first day. And when I got there, it was all together different. Initially in orientation, I thought that um, everyone was going to be behind glass and I wasn't going to have to interact much. I was just going to be there to kind of keep an eye and make sure that nothing happened on our watch. But it was so much different than that. When I first walked in mental, in the mental health hospital and on the floor and I got to interact with uh, our patients or our clients, 
it was something different and it also opened up a a side of me that I really had never really knew. And that side was the human service side of me. And um, I just recently graduated on last year, August the 2021, August 2021, excuse me. And I achieved my bachelor's in science of human service. So I've actually continued this work in mental health. And the subject that I really wanted to discuss today is unwanted memories. And you say, what does unwanted memories have to do with mental health? It has a lot to do with mental health because un unwanted memories serve in the mental health, our emotional status, our psych psychological status, and also our well-being. And a lot of times we talk a lot and some of us suffer with unwanted memories. I'm a child that uh, have some unwanted memories that I had to make and change to positive memories and also some events that had changed my life. One of the events that changed my life and impacted me so greatly and had a lot to do with my mental health and it also has a lot to do with others' mental health is the loss of someone that is very close. And I don't know about you, but I know that memory was something that initially when I was younger and hadn't had any therapy, hadn't talked to anyone, this memory kind of took over me um, to the point that even when I wasn't thinking about it, it still had an effect on me. And those are the things that I want to talk about and open up to others that may be suffering and having issues with memories that you have. And then you want to know why do sometimes during the course of a year where I feel like I feel horrible. I feel like my, my, my mental changes, my emotion changes, and everything on this one time of year or this one date and what, you know, what's going on with me? Why do I feel agitated? And I'm really, I really woke up in a good mood. Why suddenly am I feeling agitated? And some, this could be caused or brought on um, by an unwanted memory. And I had that for years and did not understand what was actually going on, how it affected me and, you know, what even to do about it. And I remember every Mother's Day after my mom passed, my mom passed in 1981 and it had a profound impact on me. So much so to some I was able to talk about and some I wasn't even able to mention. And those who were around me that was my support system that, you know, promised they would hold me up didn't have the ability to even hold me up because they didn't have any therapeutic options. 
some people thought, if I don't talk about your mother around you, you will be fine. I remember going through years of, I would walk in and my mom came from a very big family and all her sisters, and she was the first one to pass. Um, shortly thereafter, her mom passed like 10 days after. So I lost my mother and 10 days I lost my grandmother. And this had a profound impact on me. And I know there are people who are going through some of the same struggles and some may be going through it today and don't understand or have never even talked about it. Some people left the funeral and once they left the funeral, they never really even talked about it again. I remember leaving the funeral and I was young and, and I, I was 17, but I was young and I didn't understand like this process. No one was there. My dad was there, but he wasn't able to help me through this process because he was going through a process of grieving of his own. So I, I remember um, vividly that times when her birthday would come around, I try to forget everything. I try to forget her birthday. I definitely try to forget the death day. I definitely tried to put in um, the memory that I had of her laying um, motionless in the casket. I put all of that stuff behind me because I thought that was a healthy way to deal with it, or that was the only way I knew how to deal with it. I didn't have no, my, 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 my dad didn't have any way of, well, he did, he may have, but he didn't, uh, and uh, set us up for any type of therapy or have any outlet where I can go and speak to someone. I didn't have any of those things um, offered to me as a young person. So I had to deal with it and make do with on my own devices. And those, I, I, I didn't have them, you know, and you don't have them. If you've never lost a parent or if you've never lost anyone who was very close to you, you don't have those tools unless you've been in school and you've learned some uh, some psychology or, you know, you dealt with some classes in behavioral health and mental health. And you may have a, a blueprint of things or some resources. I know right now in 2022, there are more resources offered. And, you know, we have to applaud ourselves for the time um, right now because the time has changed where you can go into a hospital or a treatment center and get some help without somebody giving you the wide eye. But when I was coming up, I didn't have those. And what we, what we resorted to uh, as a spiritual person, as somebody who believes in God and, you know, we have those people who believe in God. And the first thing we say is we'll go and we'll pray to God and God will deliver us and God will help us. And God knows best. He'll, you know, he'll help us maze through this process. And that is the avenue that we took, my father included. We, we took the attitude that we were going to go to service and God was going to heal our emotions and God was going to take all the pain away. 
And that served for a little bit while service was going on because service actually acted as a distraction. It actually acted as, well, right now, and I don't have to think about it because I'm around all these people and everybody's rejoicing, thanking God for everything he had done, all the doors he's opened, all the ways he's made. And that was more of a distraction as opposed to a healing process of emotions. And I say that um, for the things that we need on earth tangibly, not you know, going at anything spiritual or saying anything is wrong with the spiritual aspect. But we also have to know that God has put people in places to help us in therapy where he has set where people are can serve in that capacity as a therapist for mental health and also behavioral health. Now, like Dr. Bowen said in one of his segments that I listened to, that he's really not a true advocate of medication and or you know he's not like you know just let's push medication because medication is the um be all and end all but um he you know he also offered like talking and getting some intense therapy and i offer that too i'm not one who just say go take medication and um you should be fine because if your leg was broke and you just took medication and you didn't go seek a medical um, professional to get your leg aligned and cast and all of that kind of stuff, then guess what? You're going to still have a broken leg. And if it starts healing, it's going to start healing incorrectly. And I look at I look at that the same way I look at mental health. Mental health needs to be treated. Now, how we treat it? Um, Sometimes it takes medication. Sometimes it takes intense therapy. And we know that we need intense therapy, therapy, but it also has to be continual. You know, a lot of times in medical, just as in mental health, as soon as we start feeling better, we stop treating we stop doing the things that got us to this place. So when we get into mental health, mental health is not one day you're going to go in, you're going to speak to a doctor or a psychiatrist, and they're going to give you a, a therapist. Um, and you go that one day, and when you go that one day, they make you feel good and make you feel better. And you go home. And that's all it. No, mental health is a continual um, process until you get to the point where you are, your thoughts have changed and your behaviors to these bad memories or unwarranted or unwanted memories are able to be bearable. And I didn't get any of that. Um, Growing up, I didn't get any of that. And I remember um, I really had a bad issue for years um, to the point where when Mother's Day came, it was almost like the worst day of the year. Mother's Day before I had children was like the worst day of the year. And then when I had children, I substituted the worst day of the year 
to pampering um, or having my children pamper my wife so that Mother's Day is special, but it's special in their eyes because my wife, it wasn't my mother. So I didn't have, um, it still was just more of a superficial fix where I was promoting my kids uh, doing everything they can do for their mom on Mother's Day. And it was more fulfilling watching them serve their mother as opposed to me being taken care of for the issues that I was having about not having my mother. So I went through that for years. And one day I was at work and I was working with some teenage boys. And it wasn't until then I realized what my purpose was. And I had been in mental health for about 10 years, maybe yeah, about 10 to 11 years. And I had initially started in mental health with working with adults. But it was a game changer for me when I started working with teenagers and younger kids. Um, because I thought then I would have an opportunity to serve and be able to help somebody that needed my help. And my losses could serve as help to some of our young kids. And I really didn't know it until I was one day listening to this young man and he started uh, talking about his situation. Initially, he didn't want to talk at all, but um, we encouraged him to like express himself. And I remember sitting in a group with some young teenagers and this young man, we encouraged him to, to speak. He was really angry. He was bitter. And after a few, uh, a little coasting and, you know, it's letting him know that it was a safe space and he was able, no one's laughing, you know, even if you got emotional, even if it got to a point where he couldn't continue to talk about it and he just wanted to leave the group. We left all those options open to him. And after a few minutes of coasting and uh, he looked up and he said, his first words was, I don't have nobody. And so everybody just looked and he said, I don't have no mother. I don't have no father. Both my grandparents are dead. I don't have nobody. I'm here. Just me and my siblings alone. I have a few aunts and uncles, but the main characters of my life are no longer with us or no longer with me. And immediately when he started talking, um, I was sitting in there with our chief psychiatrist and the nurse was in there and we had about 12 young men in there and myself and another mental health specialist was in there and we all got quiet and he began to talk about the loss of his mom and he began to talk about how what the impact it had on him and he talked about not being a felt hopeless and um he started to 
talk about guilt. And he also even went and started blaming himself for the death of his mother. And then he added in, he started talking about the death of his father. And the relationship and how his family dynamics was so different just a few months, you know, before he came into the hospital. And we let him talk and vent. He screamed. He yelled. He cried. We held him, gave him some support. And when he started feeling like he wanted to talk some more, he just started to talk, talk. And by the time he almost was done, everyone in the room had tears in their eyes. Everyone. And you know, when we're in a a professional setting, especially mental health workers, the psychiatrists, the therapists, we're, we're there as professionals. But in that moment, everything turned emotional for everyone in the room, myself included. The doctor, our chief psychiatrist, was crying. He was in tears. And I'm sitting there, and I'm in tears. All the teenagers in the room, all the young men in the room are in tears. So he looks around, all of us are in tears. Everyone that was in that room was in tears. And immediately, our psychiatrist put his hand up, and he said, can I speak? And so the young man turned around to him and said, yes, doc, you know, you can, you know, speak. And the doctor went to tell his story. And the doctor said, he was in this world basically the same way. He had no mother. His mother had passed when he was young. His father passed while he was in medical school. His his dad was a doctor. And his dad never seen him graduate from medical school. And it still affected him to the day, to that day. And we sit in there, and he's a professional, and... Everything I looked at that, that moment, everything was human. It said, it felt like everyone in that room was kind of honing in on their human, on the human element of what was going on in the room. And the doctor started, he became even more emotional explaining his story and how he felt the same difficulties in this unwanted memory and also how he felt guilt and how he also blamed himself for not being around. Now he was in medical school and he was doing him and he felt like had he not been just doing him and trying to get what he needed, he would have been there to service his mother or to be there and help out with his dad. But the young man is sitting there and I can see his face changing and how I can see his emotion changes. And he started now becoming more of a doc, it's gonna be okay, and you know, as a support system to the doctor now. And then it was my turn. So I raised my hand and I was like, I was already emotionally overwhelmed. And I said, 
that is my story also. I said, and ironically, you're you're the same age as I was when my mother passed. My mother, I was 17. This young man was 17. And I told him, I'm in this world like that too. I have no mother. I have no father. I have no grandparents. I have no great-grandparents. I have none of those things right now at the moment. I said, and I understand what you are going through. And I also understand what the doctor is going through and this loss and this hole in our heart. And right then we all connected. There was, there was a few who had lost a grandmother. But none of them could talk about the loss of a mother. There was a few who had lost a grandfather, but none of them could talk about this great loss of, uh, of a father. So in that moment, I was able to understand, uh, It was a learning curve for me because I was able to understand that first, I wasn't the only one in this world that had these losses. Secondly, I was able to connect on a level that I had never been able to connect on all my life because I had never really addressed it. I did more of trying to forget it as opposed to trying to help or get help. In that moment, I was able to connect. And in that moment, I was also to get some help for myself. So listening to this young man, pouring into him, the doctor pouring into him, and then me pouring into the doctor, him pouring into the doctor, all of us pouring into each other. I was also able to go to the, to our doctor's office and have some chats with him. We became like brothers in this process where we were able to, to, um, to connect. So, in my closing, uh, one of the things I want to thank uh, Shanice Evans for allowing me this opportunity, 102.6, for allowing me to come on your airways, and to Dr. Earl Bowen for taking off this slot and uh, going on vacation and allowing me to sit in for him. And I want to leave this thought. One, one is mental health Monday is today, but mental health is every day. And just because you don't need medication or you believe that you have your mental health under control, uh, you need each other. Therapy, 
if you need some resources, look for resources, get help, because help is here. Everyone has memories they would rather forget. And they may know the triggers that bring them bouncing back. Bad memories can be underlying. A number of problems can underlie a number of problems from post-traumatic syndrome and stress disorders to phobias. And we don't want it to get to that part where we're not getting therapy and then we we start to self-medicate because we're unable to handle the thoughts that come. But I want to leave you with this, that all things are possible. If you believe all things are possible, not only are they possible, but they are things that are in your reach. And right now, therapy is in your reach. Thank you very much for this time and for this space.